like I love country music and I love like really old country music. Is this going to make sense where I go from this like ska punk to old country? And now a year later, it doesn't even seem to really matter because it's me. Johnny Cash and June Carter, like those duets they did, that's like Luciana Pavarotti and Joan Sutherland singing at the Metropolitan Opera. It's the same damn thing. This is Around River City, and that damn thing we're talking about is music. Andy Hughes is well-known in the area with the band's Tug, and Andy Hughes and the Mighty Few. Alexander Platt is the music director and maestro of the Lacrosse Symphony Orchestra. And I'm Ken Cooper. Now, I'm willing to bet that all of us have at least some music that we like, or maybe even music that we love and feel like we need to have as part of our lives. I'm also willing to bet that, without even trying, a lot of us categorize our musical tastes into just a few, and here's a really dreaded word, genres. So, I asked these two gentlemen, who had not met before we all sat down, if they'd be willing to talk together about music. Now, I wasn't sure if we would discover more differences or similarities, but I'll tell you, I was thrilled when they both said yes. So the three of us sat down, and we just let it roll. Now, this will be part one of our conversation, and if music is a part of your life, I think you're going to love this episode of Around River City. We'll get into it with Andy Hughes and Alexander Platt next. This is Around River City. I'm Ken Cooper. Now, I love a good conversation, and this one is a really good one. We're talking music, but we're not really talking about notes and song structure or anything like that. This is a conversation more about what music can do for us and do to us, how it can connect us. Well, like how Johnny Cash and Luciano Pavarotti can be talked about in the same conversation. So let's get right into it with Alexander and Andy. Let's start with introductions. Sure. So my name is Andy Hughes. Uh, I've been in the lacrosse area since 1999. I moved in the the, mid, the midst of high school, so I finished uh, some of sophomore and then my junior and senior year of high school at Central, um, and then went on to UWL. So that's and it was towards around that time for me where I started getting into bands, playing music. Uh, music has always been a I don't know. It was it was a uh, it was just the thing of awe. Like I just remember, can I, from from the time I can remember, like seeing bands like the Beatles and things like that. I was just always in awe of of what they were, you know, what bands were doing, how it made how it made fans react. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that that was what drew you to music. Or? Yeah, I think. I mean, I think so. My dad is like just the my dad is the classic fanatic. Like he's just he's. I mean, he's like the, the, his rock gods, you know, are just everything to him. And so I can remember being on trips and we'd stop at like tape CD places and he would always let me get something. Oh, cool. And then, you know, we'd have this like game where he'd be, you know, he'd want me to name what album or what year it was released or something like that. So beginning was, you know, a lot of classic rock, a lot of Beatles and things like that. Um, so I had that side of it. And then my mother watched her sing and play piano and organ in church so she was really the musician and my dad is it was always more sports um basketball and everything was, was really big so he was like that guy that if he could have 
You know, I think he would have rather been in bands, yeah. you know, than, you know, but he's six, seven, six, eight, and a really good basketball player. And so that's what he did. But so his whole life, and even with me going into music, he, he's, he's like my, he's my biggest fan. He's just, he's always there. Is he, would you say he was like a musical idol almost or to you or? Well, I just, from that like fanatic side of it and just falling in love with you know, the, the people that perform and play and bands like that for sure. And then, then my mom was the performer side of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, my dad is like, he'll, he'll be right next to me on stage if a, a guitar goes down because now he plays guitar. So over the years, he's sort of watched me in bands and play music. And so he's gotten into guitar. And so it's, uh, it's, it's been, it's been very cool. It's like full circle. Um, yeah. Where I grew up, grew up listening and hearing him talk passionately about, you know, why the Eagles are the greatest American rock band that's ever existed. I mean, that my dad was like, <laughs> well, let's not start any arguments no, here, guys. Sorry. Let's not. No, I, I'm fascinated by this. I so mean, you I, know, <laughs> um, I mean, he still can't. I do that joke from uh, the Big Lebowski. He's in the cab, oh, and he's yeah. like, "It's been a long day." And the, the guy doesn't like the Eagles. That's just <laughs> yeah. and my, my dad still forgets that that's just a joke. But that's how, you know, when for him when you know there's this and there's this you know so like many discussions about uh he's huge led zeppelin guy so he wasn't very big on aerosmith so it gave me this sort of like it's not all equal too and that's what i think um as a listener or music it's just all subjective it's oh yeah you know there you know you know how how practical or expertise you can get to it, it it's just it can, it's all subjective and i guess again and maybe you'll agree is that there's just there's really no mountaintop no it's i think the the life the life in music is go always going towards the mountaintop yeah the mount the mountaintop is always just out of reach yeah yeah that's the, and that's the beauty of it yeah does it take you a while to come to terms with the idea that you'll never reach the mountaintop yeah, and I think actually that's in large part because of my work in lacrosse. I mean, I'm, I'm older than Andy. I'm going to soon be 56 years old, and I've been a professional conductor for 30 years, and I came from the Northeast. I was born in New York City, and I, I grew up in the, a very you know, kind of nice suburban community, which when I was growing up, was, it was called Westport, Connecticut, was a, a, a really like a Shangri-La. It was a middle-class community where artists who worked in New York could afford to live. And so music was everywhere because you could, you know, classical, the great jazz saxophonist Jerry Mulligan lived in Westport. So because you could hop on the train and be in Manhattan in an hour and it, it was still affordable. And this is like in the 70s and before kind of, you know, the 80s kind of began to change you know, everything got financialized and then um, Westport got really, really, really well off. And uh, and now it's actually, it's funny, I've, because my mother pa passed away in 2015, I've actually been more involved in Westport because my father, my, um, my wonderfully cranky old German <laughs> father insists on staying in the house. And, and so I've become more involved in the art scene there. And we're now having a lot of conversations in this in this crazy world we live about how that community can have like a second golden age in which we mm -hmm. can have a community in which artists can also live and prosper and create. So but because of like lacrosse that as a man in his mid fifties, I really, I, I, it's because of Westport and another place called Woodstock, New York. I have a summer festival in which I've been there for 20 years, which is 
turned me on to all these different kinds of musical expression, which has been a great awakening in me. But I never lower my lamp in lacrosse thinking that what I've accomplished is that I'm a day closer to my death. What, what I, honest to God, I, I think that I'm going forward. Like I had a wonderful day in lacrosse and a wonderful concert that night, and it was amazing. And the musicians were beautiful, and the audience was beautiful, and the community loves what we're doing. And I constantly feel like I'm going forward. So I'm going towards the mountain. And I think when you've reached the mountain, it's probably time to hang up the cleats yeah, <laughs> and yeah. find a nice fishing hole somewhere. <laughs> but but it's really the sense of moving forward. And, and as an artist, I get energized when I'm in a community that is believing in, in what I'm doing. And, and, you know, I, I think Ken, as you know, I first got to know lacrosse, gosh, almost 30 years ago, because I was starting my professional career in the Twin Cities. And so I got to know lacrosse because they were looking for a new music director. And I just fell in love with this no nonsense, not, not pretentious, but kind of culture loving place full of these wonderful kind of friendly people. Um, and I fell in love with this place. And then, um, you know, 10 years ago, I, I, I got the, uh, I got the call to be the music director here. And it's just, it's like every day is apple pie. I'm always moving forward. I'm always moving toward the mountain. I'm always thinking about what can I do next? What can I do better? And it's, you can only get that from a nurturing community. I mean, there might be artists who are of such total, you know, sense of will, you know, that in they're all, those people are often very ruthless in other parts of their lives, that they can just go on self-sustained, self you know. But, those, I, but I've, I've worked for people like that in my business. And those people also tend to be incredibly ruthless individuals, and I don't want to be with people like that. But lacrosse is the place where you're all, you can always look you can literally look out at the mountains and it's that's I think that's also part of it the landscape you know the land and you can look at the mountains and the river and you can literally feel like you're part of like a river part of this magnificent well, we're connected journey. with that river it literally yeah. connects us to the world you can go on that river and get anywhere in the world right it was always and this is like which is why i think you know our, our native american friends have something to teach us in that regard and secondly as i've said often if Mark Twain, who wrote about, as you know, who wrote about this city briefly, but, you know, but tellingly, if, if Mark Twain could come back to life today, he would look around and say, yep, still the same. It's like when you just look at the river, like the, like the little boats, you know, putt-putting down the Mississippi, and like, it really, ha in, in a kind of a very essential, organic way, I really don't think lacrosse has changed since the days of Mark Twain. And I say that as like the highest compliment. I, I love that you say that, because I live across from Goose Island, Oh, so part right. of my daily is taking my dogs when I can get a break is to right. just walk over there. And I've had that. I actually started writing some just some some, some pieces of words because if you look to the left, so not kind of back towards lacrosse, you could be – it feels there's, – there's parts of that walk as you're walking in when you're looking off to the left there. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's just amazing. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, you could be, any, you could be anywhere – in the world that just doesn't, that just feels like you're just completely in nature. It's, yeah. It's your huck, it's Huckleberry Finn. Yeah. Huckleberry. And like, that's what I loved about like that video you did of little Miss America when you're like in that world on the train tracks, of course, speaking of the world of Mark Twain, I mean, and you're with that beautiful little black girl and you're walking with her down along the train track. I mean, that's just like, you just so got that. Ain't it the same, wasn't a game, 
had no idea where you've been. Towns are lost, but what cost do you remember where you've been? Strength in the need, weakness in need, forgetting everything. Little Miss America, time for hardball. One nation up on ten, rule liberty and justice for all. That's the question. I was very moved by that. Thank you. I mean, that's what we all do as artists. You create these indelible moments. So I think if I've achieved anything in lacrosse, it's like Saturday night when we did a composer whom uh, popular musicians have always loved. If there's a classical composer, it's always, well, there are two, with three. There's Beethoven, there's Mozart, and then there's J.S. Bach. And when I was growing up in the 70s, when and I think that's where we're both kind of leaning toward when classical and popular and jazz were all kind of part of a, you liked everything and it was all great. And um, it, it was, it was just this moment in the JS Bach, we did the double violin concerto with our two, two of our three beloved concert masters. And it was just several people commented on Facebook. It just kind of felt like jazz because it was so totally intense. And it was like, we really felt like we were reinventing it. There was like this moment in the last movement where I said in rehearsal, I said, and this is like why it's like, I think one of the things we have in common is that it's music is an ultimately, no matter what kind of music, it's an ultimately totally visceral thing. It just comes from your, your heart and your body and your mind, but it just comes from you. I said, my friends, this is the moment. This is, there's this moment like near the end of the third movement where it just, it, it's just this indelible moment of intensity and we're all going to that moment. That's what people talked about. So we created that moment. But like you, in like that in Little Miss America, it's like it's like wow, he's created a moment. I, I love I love that you say that because that's that complete loss. And I think any of us that have performed, or I'm sure there's been other nights where you're too maybe too focused on the technical or something. Oh, yeah. So the f yeah. to hear that that there's just those moments where completely lost and this you know because I have no grand illusions about what I'll do with music. I, 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 I want to keep moving forward and I, I try to I enjoy projects and, and things, but I don't, there's no end. Like this means I'm successful, right, but right. those moments, because yeah. I, I, being with people collaborating, I'm, it's the same way. It's like you you have to feed off of all these things. And for me, I've never been really the best or the most technical. So I try to be a sponge, you know, around people like Joe Ganser in my band, who just, just amazes me and, and anyone you perform with. So we've been not performing. So we did the Weber Center stream and just to be, and, and then we, and we just, the performance, like everybody just got that, that same moment. And they kind of said, somebody said, after, well, how did that feel? I said, feels like I need a cigarette. <laughs> you know, like it was just, <laughs> it, it just, not that not that we had forgotten what yeah. it felt like. No, it's those moments, and it's like it. it it's when you, like I re remember, like 
I just loved how on, in your uh, in your studio you had these framed LPs of my favorite. I think you can call him a country artist, but just a great musical artist, Mr. Johnny Cash. Yeah. Johnny Cash and June Carter, like those duets they did, which some of which thankfully are in film. That's just incredible. That's like. That's like Luciana Pavarotti and, you know, Joan Sutherland singing at the Metropolitan Opera. It's the same damn thing. It's this gr incredible creativity. And you can tell, like, the way they're spontaneous with each other. It's also been rehearsed. I mean, they've, they, they worked at it. You know, they worked at it. Music is work, as you know. It's just, and, but just this, this spark, that divine spark. That, that, and that's where you go back to this purity. It's like, yes, that's it. Yeah. And that, what I loved about, you know, Little Miss America, it's like, that's it. That's pure. I thought, I don't know this guy, but that is, that's it. That's I it. I appreciate that. I mean, yeah, uh, Johnny Cash and the, the power, and I think he's another guy where you can't, like, you're, I mean, yeah, country. He's, he's a country legend, but he was coming out of Sun Studios and rock and roll, and he was another guy that even when it didn't make the most sense, dollars and cents for his career, they wanted to follow themselves as artists. I think a lot of times that creative growth ends up taking us back to a purity of, of the message and the purity of the, you know, the, the core essence, I guess, is that's, what I'm trying yeah, to say, the essence of it. That's what I always look for when I'm, whether I'm a, working as a conductor, collaborator, or I'm in the audience. I mean, whether I'm like hosting a, a folk music night at Woodstock or the seats at the Metropolitan Opera and it's a, you know, someone starts singing a Verdi aria. I just, I'm looking for the essence I'm looking for the essence. And it's like when I was a kid with a very, very swelled head about the egotism that is required to say, I, you know, I want to be up there conducting, you know, the Boston Symphony Orchestra. Yeah, I can do that. Well, and, you're shaking yeah. a stick at people. Yeah, you're wagging a stick. You're a martinet, you know, and then you, you just develop this. I, I'm so glad that like, like I didn't get the lacrosse symphony job when I first gotten to know you because I wasn't ready. I wasn't emotionally ready because I think as Andy will agree, like being a great musician, a great artist is ultimately being yourself. And it, when you grow up in classical music, it sometimes takes a long time to figure out how to be yourself because you have this. I think it takes a long time in any. Well, it's probably anything, true. Yeah. I was going to say yeah, that, yeah, I, you yeah, know, yeah, and yeah. I think you see for me, my favorite musicians and performers they just have all these like 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 Picasso, you know. You have all these just different decades, or you know, I'm gonna I'm in. This is what I'm because you're you're right. constantly. That's what you were saying point. is is a lot of young because I was the same way. Like you, you don't necessarily know who you are, and so there's like the one thing. So for me, it was like you know punk rock and and sort of that SoCal sound, which I still love. But that it was for me. It was like I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna I, I can be the best at that and, and that's who I think I am but mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it was sort of not ignoring but there was all these there's all these other different things you know like I love country music and I love like really old country music and so that's I've been able now later to sort of go places and not like but I was scared when I was going to do the solo stuff I was like right, is this going to make sense where I go from this like ska punk to you know old country and then it and does. Then, <laughs> now, now a year later, it doesn't even seem to really matter because it's like, it's just, it's me. That's funny because the COVID in that way, was just, which is so indescribably horrible, but there has been a liberating quality to it. Like one of the few blessings of COVID is I'm not thinking about, oh, am I doing this or am I doing that? Like you just do it. Alexander Platt from the Lacrosse Symphony Orchestra and Andy Hughes from Tug and from Andy Hughes and the Mighty View 
By the way, if you want to hear either of the pieces of music that we heard clips of during this last part of our conversation, I have links waiting for you at aroundrivercity.com. And I really encourage you to take a listen to both performances. And Around River City is also where you can subscribe to the podcast, which is free to do, and we'll alert you every time there's a new show. More with Andy and Alexander coming up. Thanks for listening to Around River City. I'm Ken Cooper. Recently, I sat down with two musicians who come from musical and creative backgrounds that are about as different as you can imagine. Or are they? I found it very interesting that they're really not very different at all. About 10 years ago, I, I came to a, a realization of a, a, of, a, of a whole different level of music for me. And I would listen with my heart and I would listen intellectually with my brain. We had a lot of very complicated music being played on the stereos when I was a kid. I had older siblings who had great taste in music. So I listened intellectually and I listened with my heart But then about 10 years ago, I came to realize that there was what I call a primal element to the music that really comes to me, and you're Mm -hmm. both nodding your head. What is that? Um, I mean, I think we need it, music, don't we? Oh, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Good primal. Good primal. Yeah. And I was just just saying this to someone the other day, and I was talking about just exploring recording on my own, because it's just not something I've ever done at a level and I don't know if I ever will release anything but I'm just learning just how to do it and so I was thinking about hip-hop and thinking about punk rock and that so that primal thing where you touched on it with the with with the young conductor it's that it's the you know punk rock and hip-hop like they might not even know how to play their instruments but they have confidence or, or just the, the yearning. The that they're raw gonna, talent. Yeah, There's they're going to no get talent. up there and they're going to do it. And like hip-hop, they, you know, the music and what they used was defined out of what they didn't have or what they had available. And so punk rock, and the, I, that's the connection I always make between that. And when you said primal, that's just where I go is that how ballsy do you have to be to be like, I don't even know if I can play that instrument, but I'm going to be that. Yeah, yeah, no. And I need to express it, and I need to express yeah. what I have inside. I'm always reminded when you when, I, to, when to hear you say that. I'm always reminded that, you know, when Ken and I were growing up, the the greatest, the most famous opera singer in the world, the great Italian uh, opera singer Luciano Pavarotti, and you know Pavarotti was such a again through classical music was such a mega star that the couple of things I always remember about Pavarotti when they flew the Concorde from New York to London and to Paris, seat 1A on the Concorde was permanently reserved for Maestro Luciano Pavarotti. Wow. It wasn't Queen Elizabeth, it was Luciano. So wow. that's how big he was, okay? But there's just, just, the other thing I always remember about Pavarotti, after he died, it could finally be said, throughout his entire incredible career as, an, as the greatest opera star of the 20th century, Luciano Pavarotti never learned how to read music. Which is mm. like, people like, can't believe this when I tell them. I just, like, just, I, that just yeah, blew my mind. He never learned how to read music. He grew up, he was a soccer-playing choir boy, and his choral teacher, the organist at the church, realized he had an incredible talent. And uh, it just he ended up learning everything by rote. He had a series over the course of his life of incredibly devoted and brilliant, uh, what we call v- vocal coaches, 
who prepared his repertoire with him. He learned everything by rote. That voice, there's nothing like that voice. There will never be anything like that voice. And again, that purity of what it expressed. So it's ultimately, I mean, classical music, it's about training and traditions, and it's about locking yourself in a practice room from when you're six years old to you're you know, 26, and you hope that you get a job. But And some people don't get the job. Does that but, sound familiar, Andy? But, but yeah, it's just like <laughs> locking yourself in a room. But it's ultimately, there's, there's no question if I've learned anything in these 30 years, it's about it ultimately has to come from the heart. And, and when I'm as a, as a conductor, when I'm conducting, and I'm constantly doing this kind of balancing act in my mind about how much should be head and how much should be heart. Because when I first came to lacrosse, I was kind of notorious for being like, dancing up and down on the podium and my ski jumps and all this. I'm constantly asking myself, how can I be the most expressive? Because there are moments where as a, any kind of musician, you know, you have to be just careful, like especially when you're working with another musician. You, you have to be, okay, all right, calm down, just be cool. And then there are moments where you really just have to give everything you have, give everything you've got, ultimately, the message of the music and just letting go of all the kind of... Is that the zone? Thing. Yeah, I mean... The it's, zone. It, on multiple different things, I was it just blew my mind the Pavarotti thing. But, yeah, he did what, music. but what you just said about the ski jumps and all that, mm -hmm. I, I love that because I I'm notorious for just a kind of just going all over. I just kind of moved a lot on stage, and so I think it's part of what I hope is that makes a good performance. But my bandmates at certain times, you know, will you know uh, if we're recording live or if it's so we actually got my, we actually have the Sennheiser microphone that we all have for vocals is based on the fact that I do this. So oh, that's I'm, great. I'm always doing this. So I love that because there are times where I do have to tell myself if Joe's soloing and I'm the rhythm guitar player, I need to make sure I'm the rhythm guitar player. Right, exactly. So the, yeah. the heart tells me jump up and down and skank around the stage. But but I have to remember musically where I'm where I'm at well it's I've always been amazed at this the word that we use conductor is the same word you use in electricity like conduct uh, you know conduct an electric oh, beam conduct, because this is ultimately what you do as a conductor you kind of communicate that pure beam of energy and there are many times where the ultimate priority for me is that the musicians need me and I need to I always talk about the box I have to create the box it's not for nothing that if like a four four beat pattern. It's you go floor, window, wall, ceiling, floor, window, and that's <laughs> you have to create the box, the safe space in which your musicians can then feel safe to give their all for you. So it's a it's this constant balancing act with me. But I mean, I think as a soloist, I think you're right to kind of not all the time, but the majority of the time, be that person who's around it, uh, you know, moving around. And that's what I expect out of a soloist. In classical music, you can't quite move around as much, but I, I'm at the point in my life where if someone can show up and they can play every single note perfectly, I mean, that's just the beginning. You know, there's really no more place in the business for someone whose greatest ability is that they can play all the notes exactly in tune all the time just like a machine. I'm glad to hear that. To the box that you're painting, right? You have to do that so that they can get a little bit lost. Precisely. In the heart. Precisely. Because you're creating that, creating the that piece so that they are allowed to get a little bit lost. Yeah, it's not, you're right. It's not controlling, it's creating the boundaries. And it's like all those, you know, you referenced Picasso, all those wild and crazy painters, they always started with knowing exactly what the size of the canvas was. 
knowing how big your canvas is, helping your fellow performers be able to just get lost in the performance. Why, that goes way beyond music, don't you think? That's going to wrap up part one of this conversation with Andy Hughes and Alexander Platt. This is Around River City, and I'm Ken Cooper. Keep an eye out for part two at aroundrivercity.com, or better yet, why not go there and subscribe, and we'll send you an alert when it's out. And now, hey, why don't you go find some music and just let yourself get a little lost? <laughs>